The Tumbling Saber Podcast is a proud member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Connect with us on Twitter and Facebook. Subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts. Visit our base at StarWarsCommonwealth.com and take your first steps into a larger world. everybody welcome back it's time for another episode of the tumbling saber podcast i'm kyle i'm Corey, and i'm carlos are we excited guys are we excited to talk about star wars this week without a doubt always <laughs> carlos yeah, i hear yes. silence over there <laughs> i'm super excited oh god wait a minute oh god What's what episode happening? number is this kyle this is 208 Corey. thank you i'm lost without that no, you're you're wrong. You're both wrong. <gasps> That's two ten. <laughs> Thank ding. you, Rick. Oh. Yeah. That's two ten. Yeah, man. Really? For those actually keeping score, yeah. If you, yeah, because I've stopped really numbering the episodes, but it's not hard to keep track if you really, really. I mean, the signs are there. The signs are out there. You can find it for sure if you really want to know. I just stopped talking about it. <laughs> it's like at a certain point, I... you just don't talk about how old you are. Yeah, I, I, it's that. That's why I don't. I don't count the episodes I'm not on. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You missed out on some of the best ones. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's actually pretty good. That, that was that was a pretty good one. It was. It was. It was, it was, it was, it's a it was a milestone a, episode. It was a good comeback for the seventy-five times I've used that on him. So. <laughs> I'm rubber in your glue. <laughs> Elevating the level of discourse. Always. Always. That's what we do. Good grief. Um, how, <laughs> how are you guys doing as far as Star Wars goes? Did you guys uh, do any galactic far, far away type stuff this week? But I'm I'm still chipping away at both Rebels and the Clone Wars simultaneously. Like, it's good. I got about four episodes on the couch today with my little one. We both kind of took a little naparoo. Got to catch up on some Z's this weekend. I think he slept seven hours, baby Mando, in a row. It was it was pretty sweet over the course of the evening too. So that was that was nice. Yeah, you got to count those blessings when you get them. They're few and far between at that age. Um, yeah, same same here. I watched a bit of Clone Wars this weekend. Watched uh, another couple episodes of the Mando. Caught up a bunch on Star Wars comics. Like read like six or seven or eight of them. So I'm all through with the uh, with the Marvel run up through issue 75. I uh, read Empire Ascendant and the first issue of the new Star Wars title. So yeah, chopped a lot of wood this past week in in that regard. Um, I did none of that. Absolutely <laughs> none of it. <laughs> Other than uh, my oldest son building the um, Hoth Medical Chamber uh, today and... Uh, my youngest son building uh, another little set. Uh, there, there's there's nothing happening here. Been out? Anybody been out to see Rise of Skywalker? No, no. I wanted to go. I have no time. I'm I'm, I'm extremely I'm I'm exhausted. Mm-hmm. I'm tired. I like just. I wish I could. Turn I, I, back I thought time. about it for a second today. I thought, and I was like, no, I I, I can't. I can't push my luck. 
You know what? I, I so that I, I the kids have like uh, a gift certificate for the movies, like with a, with a popcorn and a drink and all that stuff. And it's like we got them over Christmas time. Yep. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, let's do that. And then I'm like, oh, I don't have time, man. Got to go to groceries and ugh, just like yeah, when life you got getting yeah. in the way of Star Wars. When you've got, I know it's stupid, right? Like our Sundays are like a wash. Like we, that's the day we always kind of tidy up the house, do groceries, do the laundry, all that kind of stuff, prepare for the coming week. And I, you know, I, I do whatever I can to either record podcasts as I do with, with Nathan, with luminous beings, we do those Sunday mornings. Um, and then anything I need to do for this show is sort of done Sunday after dinner, late at night. There's nowhere on, on a Saturday where I'm, or a Sunday, excuse me, where I'm going to any any Star Wars movie. I wanted to today, but I'm I'm eyeballing next weekend. My daughter's got a birthday party at a at a movie theater, so maybe I'll find a way to sort of ah yeah you go to the party. I'm gonna go see Star Wars for a couple hours while you have your fun. So that's that's my just latest meet plan. Heady in the arcade after the movie. I'll be back shortly. Don't talk to any strangers. No, I mean she'll be with her group. Like after her movie ends, they get like an hour. In the uh, in like little party room, so that gives me enough time to watch Rise of Skywalker if the times line if the start times line up well enough. So that could be it, but that's gonna be it, man. Like it's it's hard. It's hard when you've got life duties and kids, and I'm I'm amazed I've seen it four times, and I feel disappointed by that number. But uh, if I can get one more viewing in, I was hoping for six. If I can get to five, I think that's that's gonna be it. Regrettably. Yeah, I'm definitely getting out there minimum one more time, which would make it three, sadly. But uh, two would definitely be sweet. Uh, but like you said, Kyle, it's really hard to get out there. But again, I've said this before on the pod for a film that caused so many conflicting emotions in me and still kind of to this day does a bit, you know, the more and more we talk about it. I've never wanted to see a Star Wars movie more in theater. Like again and again. Yeah, compared I mean, to it's, the, it's, the Force Awakens, the, the Last Jedi, I love those movies so much, especially the Last Jedi. But you know, I saw that movie I think three times in theater, and I was like, okay, I can, you know, at that point I was I was full. I, I could wait till the the release at that point, you know. But this, I'm like insatiable a bit. I'm like, uh, just not only because of the film itself, but also because it's the last time. Yeah, I mean, it's it could be the last time you... I mean, I'm sure we'll see these movies, episodes one through nine, on a big screen at some point again in our, in our lives. But this is the last it, last little stretch. I mean, the next, I don't know, three, four weeks? It's, it's starting to lose cinemas in a big way now. I think it dropped like 1,200 cinemas this this past weekend. So it's it's dwindling. It's, it's nearing the end of its run already. You know, we're a month in. <laughs> it's already starting to it's lost its steam it's it's on its downturn it's it's coming out but um more on that uh, later yeah it's only yeah one billion twenty eight million yeah well i mean we're gonna we haven't talked about it but we'll get we'll get to it later in the episode uh oh boy <laughs> haters man you're hating Yo. um anyway but we're a month out we're basically we're less than a month from new episodes of the clone wars and i'm wondering where the hell the trailer is like where is the marketing Right before we came onto the show tonight, man, like I, I saw um, an article on my Google feed that said something about the four episodes of the Clone Wars that are super dark and deliberately aimed toward adults. 
this in this the upcoming season? Yeah. I wonder if it's that bad batch arc. Could be. Who knows? Could be. But yeah, I I you know, we've we've talked about this a number of times, especially with Solo. It's like the marketing for that was absolutely dismal. It was almost virtually non-existent until the Super Bowl. And that was only like, what, three months ahead of the movie's release? They didn't give themselves a whole lot of time to even make people aware of the movie. And, if, you know, it, it did what it did in the box office. And now... Well, you know what I think it is almost, Kyle, is that at this point, like I just kind of mentioned the, the darker tone of the series. We kind of know where it's going from a certain point of view. And the kids at the time who watched this series and it was appropriate for them are most likely now adults. So like, I don't necessarily know that they're going to, uh, I won't say they're going to put like a, like a PG 13 rating on it or something like that. But you know what I mean? Like, I think they're doing it for the fans after all the, the petitions and the bring back clone wars and all that, you know, yeah, that makes some sense so it's, it's for sure. I think it's, it's just like a, a service almost to the fans and like a great one at that, you know, even Floney too, just saying, you know, I want to finish this. It did deserve to have its finish. I mean, the way it ended was, was not cool. Granted, it was sort of the springboard to what all this, all this great stuff we've gotten since, but yeah, just to have the rug pulled out from under it like that, even the lost missions, like they were cool, I suppose, but they were also really weird. Yeah, it was no, no uh, seasons, like for a whole season's worth of stuff, it's like a, a little bit of a letdown, that one. Yeah, there's some, there's some wild stuff in there. But anyway, like I'm, I, I, I want this marketing to get going. I, I guess maybe the, the thinking is <laughs> the people who are going to watch this show are already subscribed to the service. Yeah, that's it. The people who are going to watch Clone Wars are also going to watch the Mando. We've already subscribed. Like, there's no pressing need to get a to get a trailer out there. Like, how like what what would a trailer do at this point? Like, how many more people are going to go? Oh, I better get Disney Plus now. Like, ninety nine percent or whatever the number is have already who are going to sign up to watch new Star Wars have probably already done it. So maybe it's as simple as that. Still, I would still like to see a trailer. Give us another taste of what's to come. Because uh, we're Star Wars fans, and we we're never we're never happy. There's never enough content. <laughs> yeah, we're just about a we're less than a month away, so I yeah, mean, it's it's yeah. it's not long. It's not long to go. I think we'll get maybe a little taste beforehand, maybe a little more, one more thing. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure we'll get something. It's just the timing of it seems odd at this point. You think you would think I'm going to guess it's going to happen like this week. That's my that's my call. Anyway, let's move on. Um, let's. I want to give a big, huge thank you to RFB, the Rural Farm Boy, for becoming a powerful friend on Patreon. And we finally, hey, Anthony, finally a bit of positive growth on that front. It's we had Stephen sign up again uh, last week, and now Anthony, the RFB this week, which is which is great, man. It makes me feel good. Some positive growth. So uh, let's keep the momentum going, folks. Patreon.com/slash yeah, Humbling Saber. Anthony. Man. It's great. It's great to have RFB in the fold. Like I said on Twitter, like he's he's always been powerful. He's always been a friend, but now he's a powerful friend. And uh, it, the support means a ton in that regard. So thank you, RFB. And hope, uh, hopefully you're going to like what you get in your Patreon feed. And to that end, if um, 
If you need help setting up your Patreon feed, let me know. Um, all right, so we've skipped our collecting update for the last couple weeks, I think. Corey, anything new to your collection? Nothing mind-breaking, but uh, I got this pretty sweet uh, Baby Yoda mug, or Yo-Yo Dini, as he's known amongst the children in our family. That was kind of nice. It was off uh, T Public. My, my girlfriend got me that. Oh, I mean, <laughs> whatever. She Fine. got it for me. She thought of it. And, and also, this super sweet t shirt that says, This is the way. Nice. And I posted it in the group. Anyway, it's, that blew my mind. I was really happy about that, man. Because I say it all the time now in the house, you know, it's my kid. Like, she got to say it when it's the timing's right. Isn't it funny, like, how that saying, This is the way. And I have spoken, have like, they've entrenched themselves, they've entrenched themselves with Star Wars fans. Like, it's almost like it's shorthand. It's like, it's always been there already. It was immediate. Immediate. I knew it right right away. I was like, oh. The minute Quill says, I have spoken. Like, yeah. I was like, oh, oh, that's a thing. That's, that's going to be a thing. (laughs) It's going to be a hashtag. It's going to be a meme. And it is. Big time. Yeah. They really called that one. Uh, other than that, I picked myself up. Well, I, I got some Amazon gift cards. So first thing I purchased anyhow, just cruising over there was, uh, Star Wars Myths and Fables. Mm-hmm. I don't know if uh, you've seen that one, Kyle. Yep. But you know, it was uh, a book, a book that had pictures. <laughs> so that's a big plus for me. <laughs> anyway, it was, it was nice. The any, price was any, right. Uh, it's a hardcover. Connect the dot pages for you too? No, no, <laughs> but uh, the the pictures are really beautiful. I mean, I've already looked at those. Yeah, it's a, it is really it, it's a very nice book. Yeah, and I like stuff like that. There's good. I don't know, say at least minimum eight stories. I haven't started it yet, but it'll be fun to read, man. I'm uh, looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to the, for now. the dark side version of that book. They have that. Oh, they have too. one. Well, it's it's not Ooh. out yet, but it's coming. Excellent. Yeah, it's gonna be cool. Same author, I think. Same same illustrator for the for like the the images. But yeah, that's gonna be one to look out for. Uh, Carlos, anything new on your end? Uh, no, right now I'm uh, I'm shopping. Uh, I need to get um, my my focus right now is the Slave One 20th Anniversary Edition, uh, and it seems like they're all at MSRP, no matter where I look. So I'm I'm playing a waiting game right now. As soon as Toys R Us drops it down 20%, I'm going to jump on it. But uh, it doesn't seem like that's going to be happening uh, before the next month. So I'm going to be uh, holding off on pulling the trigger on any of the new sets until then. Yeah, no, that's fair. It's it's um, I think it's the name of the game now is just sort of playing the patient game. Most things I tend I I think will eventually make themselves available to you at a better price if you just if you're just willing to wait so yeah i that's that's i think it's a smart move hang, hang in there yeah like lego's yeah, always on sale every three four weeks there's a big sale on lego well it depends where though like uh i don't i don't shop at walmart so uh, i'm kind of handcuffing myself a little bit but um yeah uh well, even, I'm even, focusing um, on this one because I know it's going to be retired soon. Like they've already retired three of the five uh, 20th anniversary sets. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like, even not, chapters. The bookstore has a big Lego section towards the back of the store. At least the one in Point Claire near, near us. 
Yeah. And they, 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 I think they had a 20% off at some point over the holidays as well. So that's another yeah. place to keep an eye on. I'll check it out. Uh, I, some out of the blue, I, an opportunity came up for me this week and I snagged a, uh, black series, white box Ray figure, which was one of my white whales from this last triple force Friday. I saw it once in store. It was a bit beat up. So I left it and thought, well, you know, I'm, I'm sure I'll get a chance to do it again. And it, it was gone. I never saw it again. It popped up on in a Facebook collecting group this week and it was at retail price like the the guys in that group are are great in that they try not they don't gouge if they don't have to it's collectors trying to help out collectors and the, the, but the thing is you got to be quick there's a lot of collectors in the group everybody's got their radars up and so the guy posted it it was a the post was i think two minutes old and i i messaged the dude and said is that white box race still available sure thing and he was from the montreal area uh, i sent him a quick e-transfer and two days later boom on my doorstep it was just as good as going to the store. Christine? It, oh, perfectly mint. It's it's probably nice. it's probably more in better condition than any of the of the Black Series figures I already own. That's awesome, actually. Cool. Yeah, and I mean, I, I saw that one uh, at a few places, man. Had I, I even let you know, know back in the day, but you were just like, meh. Yeah, I mean, but now I don't see it anywhere. Like I've been to EB Games. I've been all over the place and the white boxes are all but gone. I I've seen Cal Kestis still lingering, but that's it. I I've seen nothing else. So I'm, I'm really happy with that. I'm thrilled to have picked that, picked up that, uh, that Ray, but that's, that's it for me in terms of collecting. I'm, I'm sort of going down this rabbit hole of, of only until the 40th anniversary collection, which I will get into in just a second. Um, I'm just trying to be really selective and hunker down for for what looks to be like a, a busy 2020. So uh, let's let's just get into this. Uh, our pals at the Nerd Room do a, a similar like year sort of preview thing. So let's let's kind of do the same thing. Like what we're going to focus on in 2020. Like for me, it's going to be this time of making all kinds of promises to myself that I know I'm going to break. But Carlos, you are probably the most focused of us all. Uh, what is your aside from the the uh, Slave One, 20th anniversary. Do you have anything else that you're focusing on this year? Um, uh, yeah, I'm going to try to get that Sith TIE Fighter, the the Dorito TIE Fighter. Um, I'm going to wait till that goes on 20% because there's no way I'm paying 110 Canadian dollars for that. Yeah, no uh, way. Extremely expensive. Uh, and obviously, TIE Fighter is always more expensive but if uh, anybody has seen the pictures uh of my tie fighter shrine at home <laughs> there's a spot for the tie fighter here so um one, one might call it a fetish yeah it uh, <laughs> absolutely is a tie fighter fetish um so that's probably uh, really high on my list i love the Poe dameron uh x-wing um the new orange and white version of that x-wing uh, but I also want to get uh, the Resistance Y-Wing uh, just to have that Poe uh, Indiana Jones version uh, with the um, the little satchel. Yep, for sure. Uh, because I want I, what what's going to end up happening is uh, I already have my uh, Ray in white. 
and uh, I have the Millennium Falcon. I want all the characters that ever touched a Millennium Falcon um, so I can display them with the Millennium Falcon. That means uh, you, like, you, po- you have the uh, the Bulio minifig too. I do, yes. Oh, I do that's glorious. Yeah. Uh, I haven't built a I haven't built the set yet. Do you when um, you when you assemble well when you do, are you gonna have Bulio head on or head off? Uh I'll probably have him head on, but I'll try to see if I can hang him upside down from the top of the ship. Or if, if, you, have... if you have a Kylo figure, like put put Bulio's horn or into Kylo's hand so Kylo can walk around carrying Bulio's head. I have a Hux minifigure, so I could put Bulio's head in front of Hux. That's kind of cool. Maybe I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's it. I'm, uh, other than that, I'm looking to... Uh, I want to make that Millennium Falcon the centerpiece. And um, with the, the minifigs that come with the Millennium Falcon from the Rise of Skywalker, they're missing some kind of cool characters there you know no doubt uh, so i have a uh they don't have i don't have an old wedge but i have a young wedge uh lando comes with it so uh, you know i'll throw a throw a couple of characters in there and uh that's probably what i'm gonna do round that out tie fighter x-wing a resistance bomber and uh we'll see what happens with the may the fourth with the the next couple of UCS sets are going to be. Um, I remember telling everybody last year that I was like super excited about the Tanta 4 uh, UCS set. And it comes out and it's not labeled UCS and doesn't have the plaque. And it's like, yeah, I'm going to skip you. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. It was a letdown for me. But it's still a beautiful ship. Like I was eyeing it also before. And I'm like, oh, man, it's too bad. You know, like if it was UCS, I would have bought it already. But um and and that Jimmy Smith's minifig looks pretty dope. Yeah, <laughs> but it's uh, it's still not worth uh, the two seventy to me. And um, so I'll see what's going to come up new this year. Uh, I'm definitely not going to get the the, the Imperial ty- uh, uh, Star Destroyer. Like, there's no way I'm going to spend that money on that. And what what about uh, this? Might be sacrilege to a Lego collector, but sure. I had a girl at at work. Uh, come to me the other day and she started talking about Lego and her, her boyfriend's big on Lego and she likes to build it too. And like during their thirties and I was like, wow, cool. And she was like, yeah, you should go on wish. Oh, so no. that's it. They they had stuff like the, the curling Corvette there. And it was like, I don't know, like a hundred and something bucks. Although it's again, she's like, it's not Lego. It doesn't come in the box, but it's the exact same thing. It just comes in a bag. It's not, it's not the same thing. No, 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 no. It's not. It's not Lego, man. It's fake Lego. Yeah, it's, it's, those, yeah. those people are are boosting the prices of actual real Lego. Those people need to be stopped now. <laughs> okay, I'm just asking. <laughs> so that was my question. That's all. Yeah, because I no, started no, searching. Which once she told me that uh, I was looking for the uh, the ghost. Like, give me the ghost. I'll buy it. Like right now. You're better off going on Bricklink. Or uh, on maybe eBay to to find that type of stuff, or Kijiji. But uh, no, I've been searching Kijiji. Can't really find anything there. But uh, yeah, eBay is probably a good bet if you really really want the ghost. Like you'll 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 be able to find it. Then it's real, sealed. You know. Yeah, like for what seven hundred bucks? No, probably less. 
A lot less. Half that. Less than half that. Like say three two fifty, three hundred bucks. Probably. Yeah. Which which is still a good chunk of change. Oh yeah. Still more than I would pay for it, but it is a cool ship though. Oh no, definitely. No, no, no. I don't mean I wouldn't pay for it because it's a ghost. I mean that's not what I would spend that type of money on. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, I know what you mean. Yeah. It's it's an inflated value. Like you'd be almost if you at this point to pay that price, you'd almost be smarter just to keep it in box and then flip it. <laughs> Absolutely. Two fifty right now the ghost uh opened. Like not not in a sealed box. Hmm. So yeah, that's 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 a good chunk of change, man. Yeah. Three thirty here. Let's see what this. It's this one is a San Diego Comic Con, a limited edition. So we're looking at uh, three twenty six Canadian, with uh, you know some <laughs> 40, fees. $40, yeah, forty dollars of shipping. No, it's fifteen bucks shipping and uh, import charges is like another thirty, but like. But no, it's too small. This is not this is not the right one. I'm actually looking at this now. It's uh, not as uh... oh, okay. So the real one is like how many pieces? It's 929 pieces. It's actually huge, man. Wow. Yeah, it was it was a big set. I remember seeing it on the shelves, going, "Ah, it's a big, big Lego set." Too bad I'm not into Lego, and then not taking it. <laughs> You saw uh, it on the shelves? Yes, I remember seeing it. It was at my local Walmart once upon a time. It was just before I even thought about getting back into Lego. And I was like, oh, that's really You're cool. You're an idiot. Yeah, uh, 2020. Idiot. Blah, blah, blah. You weren't into it either. I would have bought it just because it was the ghost. No, you wouldn't have. It was, it's not like it was just like $39.99. I'll take that. It was still, it was it was a pricey set even then. I love your revisionist. <laughs> I would have got it. I love Rebels, okay? The you can opening bid right now on an unopened, uh, just a slight wear on the box, three ninety one Canadian. Sheesh. Yeah, it's expensive, man. Yep. It's uh, very valuable. Like a lot of people love this ship. Uh, yeah. It's... So Corey, what about what Corey? What's what's on <laughs> your what's your focus for? Have you thought about twenty twenty as a, what you're going to focus on? Yeah, definitely. Like. I don't know. I've been having these pangs. Like, obviously, let's just, I'm just going to be realistic. I'm going to go all over the place. Like, I have lists, man. Like, I've written lists of things that I really want. I'm going to start trying to buy a few more books from the Star Wars universe, like books more of like vehicles, uh, atlases, making of books, you know. I have quite a few of those already, but it'd be nice to compile that kind of info. I'd like to have that as part of the collection eventually. So, you know, I'll, I'll take those off one by one and, you know, starting with myths, myths and fables. So that was a good starting point. Uh, you know, Black Series, as per usual. I'm not a completionist for the most part, but there's still some figures I would like to uh, get from the past. I'm not necessarily actively seeking them out, but, you know, I plan on hitting maybe max three conventions, two, three conventions this year. So... I'll see what's around out there. You know, I have over 100 uh, off the top of my head. I counted 110 black series figures and that's just the ones that I know of. Like I was able to write down that so you that's, own? that's kind of, yeah. <laughs> so I was so kind much. of getting up. Yeah. So well, and, again, and I'm not a, 
Well, as we talked about, you know, back in episode 200, I think we were we were talking about uh, the possibility of Black Series figures going up in Canada because of tariffs. And it looks like that's happened. It has happened. Yeah, I saw Tim post something the other day, like pricing us out a bit. And I kind of agree, but certain figures will need to be got (laughs) like Kit Fisto, Plo Koon. I'm going to need those figures. Probably young Anakin. Uh, Going to need that. But yeah, I'm taking a step back. Like I haven't gone crazy for the Rise of Skywalker stuff. You know, I I got what I wanted from that line, and even at that, I I had do not need my red Sith trooper or whatever. Like just whatever. Like <laughs> I really don't need that at all. Uh, Funko Pop Madness. That's gonna continue. No, all robots and uh, robots and oddities. Bring that on. And one thing, this is what I was talking about earlier, the thing that I've been needing to scratch an itch on, I've been kind of doing it for the past, I don't know, two years, spending a, a little more money on like uh, vintage comics and stuff. So I've been in contact with uh, Jerry from A Million Comics, Kyle, you know. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, I sent him a list of like my wish list, my must-haves at one point, and you know, this year I'm gonna lock something down. I don't know what it is. Like I'm, I'm just gonna chip away at some of the stuff that's actually more affordable right off the bat. But you know, Amazing Spider-Man 50, uh, possibly Hulk 181, X-Men Annual number one, something like that will be gone <laughs> Good luck this with year. That. He has them. I, I like, know he, he does. Gave... Okay, so whatever. Like, Gi- he to come I, in. I, and... Did you say Giant X-Men number one? Yeah. It's got like the first appearance of Nightcrawler and Colossus, yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah, Like that's a really pricey comic. Yeah. Like four, I mean, I'm like not, four it, digits. It all depends on condition, right? No, I'm oh, not for looking sure. for a mint condition copy. Like I, I'm good with like a four, grade four or whatever, you know? Okay. Fair enough. Like I, I just want it, you know, just to say, hey, check it out. Like I had the opportunity, the opportunity, but I've, <laughs> I saw an amazing fantasy 15 uh 12 sorry no amazing fantasy 15 15 for 1200 bucks at a comic con one <laughs> time cfc or cgc grade number one it was garbage it was really garbage <laughs> but still man come on this day you you probably would have uh, that was back in like i don't know maybe 2009 i would have made a profit for sure there's no doubt yeah yeah a definitely. big profit most likely mm-hmm but, but uh, uh, you would well, anyhow, you, you wouldn't have sold it. You'd never sell that. Oh no, so. that, that's that's on my list too at one point. But it's at this point, it's just becoming unattainable. There's certain comics that are, but again, I don't need that perfect prime comic. It, for certain ones that are attainable, yes. Like say, okay, it's this a hundred bucks to get the the pristine copy. I'll do it. But you know, I'm just gonna chip away at everything and whatever I'm lucky enough to see at these conventions that just kind of piques my interest or. It's just odd enough or original enough that, you know, it's just I say that spells my name. You know, I got to have it. So, yeah, it's going to be all over the place as usual. <laughs> so really no focus. You're just going to do whatever. Wherever the well, I know I'm hunting the, the 40th collection. Like you had mentioned, Kyle, that's going to be I don't even like talking about it, man. <laughs> like <laughs> it, it, It's hard. <laughs> it's really hard. Why? What is so hard about talking about it? No, it's about getting them. So when you talk about it and you think about not getting necessarily, like, it's a hunt, man. It's real. Just like the whole Mandalorian thing. You're feeling it. Uh, yeah, I know. 
But I also know that if I want it, I can get it. There's a million carbonized Mando listings on eBay. A million yeah. of them. I can get They're it. Garbage, though. They're like 80 bucks minimum. Yeah, for sure. But if I want it, that's the price. And there's no more coming. They're not, you know, they're, Hasbro's not making any more of that figure. So that's at this point, I'm either going to have to wait for lightning to strike and get really lucky to find someone who's just giving it away, or I'm going to have to pay to play. That's that's the name of it at this point. But uh, yeah, that that I mean, my focus is for 2020. Um, one thing I want to do is sort of reorganize the way I display the collection. Like eventually the the spare bedroom that I'm currently sitting in podcasting from won't be a spare bedroom anymore. We're going to convert this into a proper office and I'm going to move all my collection and just turn this place into sort of uh, my little display area. But I'm going to need some, some more proper display cases for that. So that, that's going to be one focus for 2020. Uh, but as far as... You, you almost need to get like a designer in there with you to be like, this is how much stuff I have. Like, how does this make sense in here? Well, it's, it's not just that. It's also like the walls are bare because they need to be plastered and repainted. So I haven't put anything up, but, you know, I have a lot of figures that will eventually get put up on the wall, like vintage collection, 40th anniversary stuff. Like that's all going to get hung up in some way. Um, but yeah, I, just need, I need a couple of, I need a trip to Ikea is what I need to buy a couple of those glass shelving units. Um, and yeah, that's, that's going to be one focus for 2020. As far as actual toys, it is really for me all about the 40th anniversary set. That is my... That is my, really my top priority for 2020. Um, vintage collection. I'm not the completionist anymore. Like I've had to let that go. I'm just going to get the figures that I want from those lines. And I, I don't even really know what's coming. I, I don't know what characters are they're doing in 2020. I know uh, New York Toy Con is coming. So I'm sure we'll get info in the next month or so. Um, but yeah, that's I'll, I'll pick select figures there. Um, and I even wonder how much longer this vintage collection line will go. Like, with with Rise of Skywalker done, like, is it over, or will they just keep pumping out, uh, you know, like resculpts and repacks of old figures, or will they do Disney Plus stuff? I don't know. As far as Black Series, with that price hike, like, I'm I'm done. I'm really done. Like, I I'll wait for sales before I even think about it. But yeah, like for me, it's going to be like, I, you know, I got the white box Ray. It's going to be stuff like that. Carbonized Mando. You know, if I just camp out long enough, maybe something falls into my lap. Same for the uh, San Diego Comic Con six inch Boba Fett. I'll, I'll just camp out on that one, too. I'll, oh, I will overpay for them at some point for sure. But uh, I think I feel like it's it's smarter to just like. Buy the thing you want that I know, I know I want that badly, like. Plo Koon from the Black Series and Kit Fisto, I want those. I can live without them. You know? But uh, the 40th anniversary set for Empire Strikes Back, I know I'm going to want to complete that. So yeah, that's what I got to do. Um, and then Yak Face, we, we, we didn't know if they were going to do more retro collection stuff following the, uh, the new, A New Hope line, but they are. So Yak Face has got word that uh, there's going to be retro collection for Empire. So there's going to be another six figures coming out for that series, which uh, they've got uh, Luke, Bespin Luke coming for that. Lando, a uh, Han Solo, not sure which one. Another Leia, not sure which one. Boba Fett and Yoda. 
And I'm in for all of those. Like I'm gonna I'm yeah, gonna just get that whole wave with of the I'm gonna get it before you, so back off. Uh, I don't I don't think you will. I I, I don't think you will. <laughs> when where did we see them? <laughs> the only place I saw those ones was a grocery store. Yeah. Uh yeah. That's that's the only place I saw them. I mean, I saw them at uh, you know online. Amazon had them for for a spell. Uh, the independent toy stores had them, so there there there's going to be ways to get those. And so yeah, like there's plenty to, to do in 2020. Like I thought it might be a quiet year with no movies, but and I'm geez, I haven't even like any Clone Wars merch. Like I, I gotta imagine there's going to be toys for that too. Mando two, Baby Yoda's coming. That's right. I have a pre-order in for the Black Series Baby Yoda. So that's that's going to come out in May, I think. I got a pre-order in for the uh, plush Funko Pop. Yeah, Baby Yoda stuff's going to just fly off the shelves. It's going to be nuts. Yeah, so anyway, going to be a busy year, 2020. And we'll, I guess we'll look back at this at the end of the year to see what we stuck to and give ourselves an assessment. <laughs> But again, like for me, it's it's also patience will also be the name of the game because I I just finished the the 40th anniversary set for A New Hope in this year, in, in well in 2019. So it took me two full years to complete that set, and I still you know every so often when you're going around Kijiji or eBay or uh, Virage Sale or the Facebook Marketplace, the those 40th anniversary figures pop up all the time. So I'm not terribly worried that. You know, if, if I can just sit back and be patient, I'll get them. It's just, you know, it's when you when you see something on the pegs, you feel like you got to do it. Anyway, so we'll check back with uh, with our progress periodically through the year on our focuses and uh, we'll leave it at, leave it at that for now. But let's for now, we got a, we got a voicemail from new powerful friend, the RFB rural farm boy. So let's just check in with that quickly. I'll do my tumbling saber crew. This is Rural Farm Boy. Kyle, Corey, and Carlos. Just sitting home today and was flipping through pages of uh, that Galaxy's Edge cookbook and just finished frying me up some Moncala sardine fritters and li- re giving a re listen to last week's tumbling, tumbling saber show. Um, a lot of good fun talk there. Still kind of discussing some folks' feeling over this last story, and what Yen's brought up is rightly so. They can, folks can choose to not like for the way the story was told in this way or that way, but, and I discussed this with uh, Charlie Skywalker on his brand new podcast, Star Wars Through the Ages, where he was talking about Charlie had asked me how I had felt about how this, does this end Skywalker story and did it, did this last story end the saga? And I said, yes, it did. The story's now done told. It's over. And there's new ones yet to come. And then Last part of your show last week, where Yun's three was discussing what's new to come, what's what's yet to come, where Star Wars stories going to go, and what all could they be? And Kyle did go and say, he's curious to know what 
Tumbling Sable listeners are thinking. And I'm a listener, been for a long spell. Um, well, it's a whole big galaxy. How big is that? What's all going on there? And it can go... I know we're told lately that there's going to be something going... That's going to be a spell. What's it to be? said to be 400 years. And I still ain't rightly sure whether that's... Was Lucasfilm saying? Or if that's fanborn. But... I also can't go and say that I hope to see this. I don't know how to do that. If you give a listen to Charlie's Through the Ages, you'll... We had a... It was a good, fun discussion. Um, I've never been able to say, I want to see this in a Star Wars story. I want to see a character go here and do this or stand there and say that. I don't know how to do that. Even though I know I love these stories the same way we all do so very much. The first thing I know I get in my head is, as much as I love them, they're not mine. Only belongs to the storyteller. So for these going on 43 years, I've been along for the whole ride since I was a 10-year-old kid. And the only thing that I did have want out of it was tell me a story. That's all I wanted, and that's all I still want. Not for me to know and see how it should go. And I know that probably ain't really much of an answer, Kyle. But we will see what all and where all they're going to go. They can go any which way through the timeline. Like I said, it's a galaxy. How big's that? What's all going on there? So next episode, Tumbling Saber coming up, and I'm looking forward to Tumbling Saber shenanigans in my playlist. And... I'll have your next show and see what you what all we're talking about. So until then, my Star Wars friends, love y'all. May the force be with you. See you on the radio. And there goes Rural Farm Boy. Thank you, sir, for chiming in, for giving us your feedback from last week's topic of uh, where Star Wars should be in the future or where should it go in the future. And Carlos, I don't know about you. I feel like RFB has got like He's, he almost has too healthy a perspective when it comes to Star Wars, where he's just like, you, you know, he doesn't really have lists. He doesn't do rankings. He just says, you know what? I don't own the story. Just tell me the story. And he goes from there. And I'm extremely suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I should trust him. No, uh, obviously, uh, Real, Farm, Real Farm Boy is... Um, He's top quality, man, when it comes to a Star Wars fan. Uh, that's just my opinion. Um, I'm sure other people hold the same opinion, but uh, it's... Um, yeah, uh, it's it's kind of... All of what we said all rolled into one. And it's not just blindly positive, it's just perception. Like yeah, when you it's, want... It's just a healthy perspective. Yeah, and when you want... When you want to, to be healthy, you choose the right way to look at things. And I think uh, Anthony really nails it on the head. Like, uh, proud to call him a friend. So, uh, yeah, welcome aboard the Powerful Friend uh, train. And uh, hopefully uh, your ears don't bleed uh, whenever you hear Sith Disturbers. 
<laughs> I, I think he's got a. Uh, I think he's got a thick skin and a tough constitution. I think he can handle it. Oh yeah. And, and with again with the outlook that he has with this galaxy far, far away, uh, I don't doubt that his uh, his his perspective and his outlooks and and the way he approaches all this is uh, is is he's got he's got it handled. Cause I, but I, and I think I'd be lying if I didn't say that. You know what? I pro- I've probably taken a bit of that with me. Because there's a lot of things I could complain about with Rise of Skywalker. I just don't. Like, I do have a list of of things that kind of tick me off about the movie or that I didn't like or wish was a bit different. But again, from that RFB standpoint, it's not my story. I don't, I don't get to impact that. I don't get to yell at these guys because they didn't do it the way I wanted to or the way I thought they would. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I just I put down the things that I don't love think about the things that I do love and look forward to what's next. And I think that's, that's a really healthy way. And I, and I, and I, that's not to say that you just blindly accept, like if you don't, if you, if something is really grinding your gears, you know, I guess by all means you can criticize it. You know what I mean? Like if, if, if a movie just really rubs you the wrong way, by all means, you know, have your say. But otherwise, like, just take it in stride. Because you know what? You're going to get another one. You're going to get another movie, another story. And it's, it's yeah, it's, some, it's just a matter of time before you get the thing that you do want. So, RFB, thanks for chiming in. Thanks for being a positive influence on this fandom. And, uh, yeah, your, your presence cannot be uh, appreciated enough or understated. Enough, oversta- overstated? Yeah, overstated. <laughs> Okay, so let's <clears throat> plow ahead to really the only news item of the week, which I think was a good one, man. I'm happy about this. Taika Waititi, apparently, according to The Hollywood Reporter, is being courted for a Star Wars movie, Carlos. How does that I'm make you feel? You. Uh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. man. Come on. I read that, and I, I guess we can't be completely surprised. Because, you know, we threw about, I think, maybe even last week, we threw out the idea that maybe the Disney Plus shows are like a, like a, like a farm league for, for you know, finding directors to get them into the Lucasfilm family and then eventually send them up to the to the big screen. What is it? The 1960s Montreal Canadiens Farm League? Like, what the? <laughs> <laughs> Buying them all. We're just going to get everybody. Just buy them all up. Um, it, it, who's to say if that's what's going on here or not. But again, this is still just a rumor, but it seems to make too much sense. Like he's part of the family. He's extremely hot as a director right now. Like this guy is really on fire. He's a little bit of a Midas, if I've got to say. Uh, but anyway, I'll, I'll read the quote from the piece on Hollywood Reporter. Uh, following the recent installment Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker, the space fantasy franchise is set to go on pause in terms of theatrical movies, but that does not mean the process has ground to a halt. Taika Waititi, the filmmaker behind the Oscar-nominated Jojo Rabbit and Thor Ragnarok, has been approached to develop a Star Wars movie, sources tell The Hollywood Reporter. It is unclear where things stand in those talks. It is also unclear whether the project is separate from the one being developed by Kevin Feige, with whom he worked uh, with whom he closely worked on Ragnarok or a separate Star Wars project. And yeah, I'm 110% in for this. All in. Like, he he made Thor watchable for me. And fun. Like, Ragnarok is a top-shelf MCU movie for me. 
that was uh and we saw that together that, that yeah. was one, one of the best surprises i think uh i had in a the movie theater that was the first time i ever saw a marvel movie twice in theaters uh, yeah it could be for me too i think i saw avengers the first avengers twice as well yeah it's possible actually but yeah for sure ragnarok was and i guess you know, i mean the marketing kind of made it obvious that this was going to be a different take on thor and it, you know when he's wearing the helmet in the arena and he, yes he's looking at hulk thinking he's found his buddy and it doesn't go that way at all but that was a hilarious moment and you got you got the idea of what we were in for and that movie just it blew me away. It blew me away. It's it in spades. Oh, such a fun movie. Remember how Carlos lost his keys? Oh my God. That was <laughs> great. That was that night? Oh yeah. That was. That oh, was. God. Who yeah. found them, Carlos? It was you, Corey. Thanks. I think I found them, actually. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, they were in your hands. I don't know what you were doing with them. <laughs> nice. I mean, for me, the, the only hang up is that this has isn't happening now. Like the earliest this happens is twenty twenty two. Ah, I want this right now. Yeah. Back it up. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like I, I saw a tweet that I don't know, it had gained a lot of traction. It was retweeted, but I saw it was something along the lines of Star Wars needs Taika more than he needs Star Wars. And it's no surprised that disney would be courting him right now he's a golden boy in hollywood like yeah he's so hot right now yeah like jojo so rabbit right like now. my oh, wife it's and so I are douchey just... to say that though what he's so hot right now oh zoolander. so so douchey oh. it's zoolander come on no, no, no i know i know it's zoolander but it's still like incredibly douchey <laughs> either way he has a working relationship with him right so yep. you know the reckoning was an amazing episode like he was able to slip in some great comedy there at the beginning with jason sudeikis uh I don't know. Like, it doesn't surprise me that they'd ask him, but at the same time, it doesn't surprise me that he'd say no for the time being. Like, with the, well, the he films didn't, they have. He put, didn't say no. No, he didn't say no. There's, there's it no wouldn't comment. surprise me if he. I mean, there's no comment. It wouldn't from surprise me if he did. But, you know, he's got Thor on the slate as well as Akira. And that, that's huge for me, too. Like, uh, that movie is. Akira has been through so much turmoil in the production stages and just fallen through so many times. He was supposed to do it and he still promised to do it. I think he's going to follow through with that promise, man. Cause I don't know he made a promise to do this film and uh, him helming that project means a hell of a lot to me just cause I think he'd blow it away, like just knock it out of the park. But being in a star Wars film too is very enticing. Just, you know, he's got that style. But he's also once upon a time said something along the lines of someone said, hey, Taika, do a, a Star Wars movie, please, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, sorry, he's like, I like to finish my films. <laughs> that, that That's a joke, but it also kind of falls in line with the sense that he's kind of like a Lord and Miller kind of guy, right? When you look at Thor Ragnarok, there was a lot of improv going on in that film, whereas Lucas films kind of made it clear that they want this machine to, to roll. They have expectations. There's a they expect results. You know, they want to follow the plan, but maybe maybe in this new era, things are going to lighten up and maybe he could be the guy that could say, like, I need some liberties to work on a project. You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess it's all in how they approach it and what agreement to come to. But yeah, exactly. And I, I, I go back to that, that tweet that you found that said that uh, Star Wars needs Taika 
Waititi more than Taika needs Star Wars. And I, I think that may be true to an extent. Of course, there's a million directors, and I'm sure a lot of guys and gals can do a good Star Wars movie. But I think there's only one Taika Waititi right now. And I think you, as a franchise, looking for a new direction, he's a perfect guy. Like, to me, he's a perfect guy. Like I feel like he's the guy, or one of the few, who could make a Star Wars movie that everybody might agree upon. Like, I think he could make a Star Wars movie that, you know, to use that tired term, unite the fandom. I think he could come closest to doing that. Just with the John tone. Favreau, too. Yeah, I mean, sure. But I think with Taika's sensibilities for humor and, and emotion, I I think he really could bridge all those gaps and chasms in fandom and just find a movie that even grudgingly, you know, the shitbirds out there that just want to are just determined to hate everything will probably go, oh, Christ, that was pretty fun. <laughs> no, like, it's like, see what Star Wars has become. It's it's silly. It's too silly. Because I can see him going down that path a little more, you know, like he's he's a funny guy, like, but his his humor works for me. And I think it would work very well in a Star Wars film as well. Well, the humor is what made Ragnarok go for me. What it is, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely, hundred percent. That's that that franchise needed a big turnaround and like Shakespeare, Shakespearean get... Thor was boring. The the two like Thor one and two, blah. Like those are two yeah. movies I may not ever watch again. Does <laughs> yeah, your mother great. know you wear her drapes? <laughs> yeah, Tony Stark line from the first yeah, Avengers. That's, and yeah, that, I guess that you know that that stodgy classic representation of Thor makes it worth it just to have Stark burn him that way. <laughs> that's that was a good burn. It's good how the character turns around, though. It makes sense within that franchise to have him be so different because he's learning. You know, he's evolving to see what humans are like and what their humor is and all that. So it was per anyway. He'd be great for a Star Wars film. I'd love for it to happen. I just, I don't know. I, I don't see it in the cards, to be honest. I, I don't want to be the negative Nelly here or whatever, but they're they're pushing forward. And that's the thing, too. It's like they got this, the machines in process, the gears are turning, right? They have this film 2022, 2024, 2026. And from what we've I gather, they really want to stick to these schedules. So... In my opinion, I, I really hope they lock something down if they don't know what they're doing as of yet, because that's been a problem for them lately. Yeah, I mean, again, we're still waiting on news about what that 2022 movie is. Who's doing it? Will they even tell us what it's about? You know, that, and what that... does this mean for Ryan? Guys, guys, think about Ryan Johnson. All these guys, like what's going on? <laughs> Tell us something. We need to know. Tell us the plan. I feel like Poe Dameron in The Last Jedi. Tell us there's hope. Well, I mean, one thing that kind of lines up there that the article was kind of mentioning too is that we, again, no word. Feige's, Feige's on board, right, with Star Wars? That's not, not just a rumor? No, that is, that's 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 confirmed. Okay, so these guys have, again, a working relationship. So it's not – it's a logical assumption to say that this could possibly – be something they're working on in building uh, a whole new universe or galaxy, you know? I hope so. Like, 
I was kind of bummed when I read the story to see that, you know, it's, uh, it's you know, they're, they're trying to get him to do a movie. I'm like, movie? Come on, give. I want this guy to do a, like a series, whether it's a trilogy or four or five. I want this guy in. Lock him, lock this guy up. I don't think he's, I don't know if a lot of directors too. That's a big commitment from someone's career. You can become locked. You're the Star Wars guy after, you know what I mean? Whereas yeah, yeah, yeah. a lot of directors like want to spread their wings. He's got, I, I, YTD's got a lot of stories in him, especially with Thor as well, right? And, and Akira, like you said, Corey, like, there's so much story in that guy. And I, who knows if you could lock him up for a decade, really, or, you know, five, half that, five years. That's that's a lot. But The you know, cool it, thing is that um, both properties are owned by Disney, so there's not really that much conflict if he wants to dabble in both. Oh yeah, he's right? yeah like, he's in he the wants family. To be in Star Wars and and in Marvel, so and they yeah, obviously love him. Like he's he's now worked. Well, he's he's obviously he did Ragnarok. Has he he's done Mandalorian stuff? Has he done anything else for Disney? The voice of IG Eleven. Well, yeah, yeah, it's in with the Mando stuff, but obviously they love him. You know, like they're they're familiar with the guy's personality, his the way he works. I can't imagine if if they're truly in negotiations. To me, like if the sticking point is maybe like from from that standpoint of Taika, we want we want you for a long time. What's it gonna? What can we do to lock you up? And maybe that's him saying, I I, I don't know if I want to commit. Yeah, so to it's like you can't lock thing. you can't lock Taika up. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, like you know, speaking with Kevin Feige, like. You know, there there is a working relationship there with those two guys, and you, you got to wonder if you know if if that tag team, if they port themselves over to Star Wars, would it create that narrative that uh, that Star Wars is doing the MCU thing? You know, because a lot of people don't want that. Star Wars can't be MCU, and if you if you create that tandem, if it turns out that Feige is producing a Taika Waititi Star Wars movie, that's gonna that narrative will grow crazy out of control. And that's another thing too, like the the turmoil kind of surrounding Star Wars in that regard when it comes to news and the fandom and the toxicity of some people and their loud mouths, it scares people off. Like, no doubt. Taika, yeah, Taika would be like, I don't need this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. For sure. But you know, we, we touched on this last week and, and this rumor does does add some credibility to this. But if this pans out, like we said, like the, the, the Disney Plus show's maybe do appear to be a bit of a spawning ground. And and again, Waititi appears to be that kind of like a perfect template of, of what Disney would want in a director and like someone who has got that auteur sort of uh, panache, the guy who can write his own stories, create his own worlds, um, handle blockbuster movies, learn the Lucasfilm ropes. He's done that already. Like that's a, it's a path that makes logical sense to me and you know I, personally i feel like i'm the guy that willed john favreau into star wars into existence i think i made that happen and I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna wish upon a star that this happens too like i really want this to happen now i'll be disappointed if because you know there's a lot of people who could get connected to star wars and come and go and we talked about uh, james mangold doing a boba fett movie and that's obviously not happening I'm not busted up that James Mangold has not 
been tapped to do another Star Wars movie yet. He may in the future, but it, that's not happening yet. If if we don't get a, a Taika Star Wars movie at this point, I will legit be disappointed. Anyway, um, as far as, like, do you have a setting or premise for Star Wars that you think would suit him best? What, what type of character, Carlos, would, would uh, suit this type of director? Uh... I mean, history would say bounty hunter, but um, I think he could do anything. Yeah, that's it. He, he really can. If he could do a nor, if if he can do the Norse god, and because uh, the thing about Rock, Ragnarok is that yeah, it's it's a, it's a Thor movie, but it's also a Hulk movie, and um, I think that's the only way that they're able to 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 make. Um, movies with the Hulk is mm-hmm. is to have him in tandem. There's yep. no more solo Hulk movies allowed, and um, he he was able to meld those two together and really bring them. Well, that, he the, was the, pretty the, much he he served Infinity War up on a platter like oh he, glorious Brian. Yeah, he brought them right up to it, and so that means he had to work in collaboration with the Russos. Uh, and that seemed seamless to me. So, so seamless. Oh, so seamless. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, uh, I, I think he could do anything. And um, I don't have, uh, I'm, I don't have the gall to tell Lucasfilm what story Taika Waititi should tell. <laughs> like, I think he knows and they know, or maybe he doesn't know, but uh, he'll figure it out himself. That's a very RFB type take. There you go. <laughs> Corey, do you have any do you have any preferences as to what you'd love to see him do? Uh, I don't know. Like, like it'd be nice to see him build that world with Kevin Feige, but at the same time, I can see him maybe doing his own film within a series of films, kind of like culminating into this Marvel event, like you said, Kyle. That some people aren't really looking forward to, but I can see him creating some characters that would, you know, resonate with people well enough to to move forward yeah i i yeah for sure i could see that and I, yeah I'm, I'm kind of in the in in with carlos on that like i whatever he whatever he did whatever he they assigned to him or whatever he chose to do cool <laughs> i'm in i'm i'm completely all in with with this guy I, but again like i i just i i wish it would be a thing that gets started right away and and he's going to do Love and Thunder first and probably Akira. When could this happen? Could it be one of those 2022, 24, 26 films? Maybe. But uh, I want answers, man. All right. So uh, what do you guys out there think? You guys want Taika Waititi as part of the Star Wars cinematic universe family? Let, let, let us know. And if your answer is no, then I don't want to hear from you. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. New to Medicare? Go to MyHealthPolicy.com. With MyHealthPolicy.com, you can compare plans from some of the nation's top insurers. Start now to find a plan and apply online. MyHealthPolicy.com makes it easy to find a Medicare Advantage plan in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. My decision, my Medicare. MyHealthPolicy.com. All right, guys, moving on. 
it's it's you know just start, Rise of Skywalker has made some money. It's made about a billion dollars, guys. That's that's good, right? Yeah, sure. <laughs> I'll spit I'll spit on a billion dollars. <laughs> yeah, sure. Okay. Anyway, so once upon a time, I like I really liked talking about box office, like the, the way the whole like the the trends of it all. I loved looking at that stuff. Uh, but this time around, I I intentionally avoided it. We didn't do any. I don't think we did any box office predictions, except for in our pool, uh, the the Rise of Skywalker pool that that we did. Um, is like box office talk has just become such a like a wedge issue. It's this weaponized talking point that people use to make definitive statements about uh, about the quality of a movie or or as a franchise as a whole. So I just don't didn't want to. I wanted to avoid that this time. But you know, now that we're a month out from from episode nine's release, uh, fandom has been a mess again. Uh, box office results are kind of playing a role in that discourse. So in this case, for this week, I wanted to kind of just take a look at sort of Star Wars box office from like a, a historic approach, and then looking at the Rise of Skywalker's box office take in that light to see if if, if everything's kind of cool or if there should be some cause for alarm. And just as a disclaimer, because I know that people, people don't like this chat because, well, it's, it's a, you know, it's a billion dollars. Obviously nothing's wrong. It, yes, a billion dollar movie is a hit objectively, a massive hit, but I think it can be two things at once. It can be simultaneously a hit and yet still fail to hit expectations but also, I also in, in in having in doing this chat, I also want to make sure that we make it clear that none of us here, I don't think, are ringing any panic bells. We're not. I don't think we're going to go there in the in this conversation. So let's just get that out of the way now. But um, so, Rise of Skywalker again. It's it's been out for but just over a month, and it's grossed. I think the number is one billion. One, twenty-eight million. Yeah, one billion twenty-eight million. That's a good number by any movie standards. But is it is it good? Corey, I'm going to come to you first. Is it good for a movie that is closing out 42 years of storytelling? Um, and considering the fact that this movie is going to be the third, third out of three in this trilogy in terms of box office gross. Is a billion a good number? I think uh, Corey's on mute. Or he's just lost. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Uh, yeah. Carlos, I'm going to come to you first. Uh, given all of the... <laughs> given what we know of this of this trilogy, you know, uh, Force Awakens debuting with a bang to the, to the tune of $2 billion, Last Jedi doing 1.3, and now Rise of Skywalker... Not quite done yet, but getting close at at just over a billion. Is this par for the course, or do you do you see something in these numbers that makes you go, "Oh, what's 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 going on here?" Yeah, I think uh, the Force Awakens was an anomaly. Uh, it was uh, people being overly excited and Star Wars fans doing what Star Wars fans do, which is exaggerate 
and uh, going all out to see this movie. Um, if uh, I saw The Force Awakens, I think I only saw The Force Awakens once or twice in theater. Um, uh, some people saw it 10 times. Uh, whereas those same people probably saw The Last Jedi five times and this one maybe only three. Um, the, the thing is, is that I'll, I'll give the parallel to a young whippersnapper in 1999 who saw The Phantom Menace 19 times that summer. What a loser. Who <laughs> <laughs> uh, the hell has that kind of time? Three years later, I don't think he saw uh, Attack of the Clones 19 times. Uh, he probably had a job and uh, I'm assuming a girlfriend. Uh, and uh, then three years after that, in 2005, uh, how many times did that same guy see Revenge of the Sith? Uh, it, I think it's just a question of excitement. It's a question of 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 timing uh, i think that the force awakens not to slag the movie it was a good movie uh is the weakest of the three uh when it comes to uh actual story uh but what we saw was beautiful and it's it's kind of how i wish we could see uh all the star wars movies in that cinema, in that cinematic view, like I, th- there's something beautiful about about the sequel trilogy, which I wish could be transferred over to the original trilogy and even to the prequel, like to just to take away the majority of that CG stuff. And uh, so there, there are merits to the sequel trilogy, and and I think when when it did come out in 2015, the people were just super excited about it. For sure. Um, so I, I think that kind of created this expectation that Star Wars, every Star Wars movie is going to break a record. And it's just not fair. It's not fair to judge uh, the, the movies that come after that by that same metric. It's just not fair. Now, when you go back to you go back to 77 and the phenomenon that was Star Wars, uh, Empire Strikes Back took a big hit. Uh, com- compared to uh, A New Hope. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, it finished its run and and, and people, uh, people saw it and they started seeing it. There was the beginning of VHS or Betamax probably and people renting movies. And um, Return of the Jedi kind of got a bump over uh, the second installment because people were so intrigued to know if Vader was actually Luke's father. Um, I, I don't see how, I don't know if revenge of the Sith did more than attack of the clones. Oh yeah. I'm assuming, yeah. I'm assuming it did. It did. Uh, and it should have because it was a better movie. Uh, but it was also the culmination thing, which is where we are now. Right. Which is where we are now. The only difference is, is that what was the theater run? How long was it in movies? Revenge of the Sith compared to the Rise of Skywalker. It, it, it was in the movie theater for three months. 
so definitely, definitely and it was a summer run. it was a summer it was a summer release well, uh, what i would say to that is is rise of skywalker had every factor lined up in its favor like it had no competition before or after it for weeks like it had like everybody cleared out of the way like that's the reason why wonder woman is summer 2020 now it was originally december and they decided well we're, we're out of here we're, we're out <laughs> we're not messing with this so they, yeah they, they they got out but i you know i I came prepared. I don't always do this, but I came prepared this time. Uh, so last week I misspoke when I said that there's, there's two ways to look at this. There's there's always the domestic numbers and worldwide. I had mentioned that, um, I think last week I said that Return of the Jedi took a jump up from Empire. That is true domestically. But I want to keep it worldwide because we live in a global community now. This is a worldwide podcast. We have listeners all over the place. So I'm going to agree. And- and just to be, just to be clear, uh, the money that comes from international markets isn't worth less. <laughs> no, these are all it's, converted to American dollars. That's what it, exactly. So who cares if forty eight percent of the money comes domestically and fifty two percent comes internationally? It's still coming. <laughs> it's still their money. Yeah, uh, so for sure. I, I look at global. I, I, uh, for me, the global number is the one that's the most important. Yeah, from now, from now on, we're gonna just for this discussion, we're only gonna talk about global. So, um, we'll go back. Let's go back to the beginning. So, A New Hope grossed seven hundred and seventy-five million dollars, and then Empire Strikes Back dropped twenty-nine percent from that to five forty-seven, almost five forty-eight, and Return of the Jedi globally did 475 so it even dropped from part two and that's you know that's a 39 percent drop from a new hope so that was sort of like a downtrend throughout which was weird to see uh the prequel trilogy because yeah hey, when you look at return of the jedi you would think that globally people would want to flock back one more time to see the end of this this global phenomenon but it was the the lowest grossing of the three and then with the prequels, Phantom Menace was a billion dollars. Of course, we get it. It was it's Star Wars is back. Attack of the Clones took a 36% drop to 656. And Revenge of the Sith had a big bounce back to eight almost 850. So that I mean it was almost it, was, it almost came, it was only a 17% drop from from Phantom Menace. And now with the pre uh, with the sequels, two billion and sixty-eight million for uh, for Force Awakens. 1.3 for The Last Jedi, which is a 36% drop, which is right in line with what Part 2 would do anyway. Like, both Empire and Attack of the Clones both took similar drops. So Percentage-wise? Yeah, percentage-wise. Okay. So I just want to let you guys know I'm back uh, to, here to destroy the audio quality of the show. Yeah, it's not so bad. It could be worse. You've sounded worse. Yeah, but- how about don't interrupt Kyle when he's when he's in the middle of a sentence? <laughs> Just want to let you know I'm back. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I mean, I knew Kyle could bring the numbers. Hey, listen, I, you got to you got to be informed. You can't just bring nothing. Um, so you know, people like to say, "Oh, the Last Jedi ruined Star Wars, and it was the biggest drop." And yeah, because the Force Awakens was giving it an unprecedented starting point. The bar was yeah. so high. Percentage-wise, it lost just as much as Empire or, or Attack of the Clones. So that's I throw that argument out. But for Rise of Skywalker, like I I don't think it's unfair to say that Rise of Skywalker should 
have seen an uptick. Like being being the capstone to this like pop culture behemoth. Instead, it's taken a downturn from uh, from even Rise of Skywalker. So like again, while a billion is objectively a shit ton of money, and any movie that makes that much is a huge hit, huge hit. Again, like it, it can still be that and still not quite hit projections, but. You know, it's, it's it's crazy to me. Like, if anybody suggests that this movie's a flop, they should be shown the door. Like, they're they're just looking to cause trouble. But yeah. in, in in my mind, like, there is no way that anybody going into this thought that of the three movies, this would be the lowest grossing. I I don't know if that's if anybody thought that. What do you think, Corey? Like, did you expect this to be the lowest grossing of the trilogy? No, by f- definitely not. Like you would think, like you'd said, just kind of said, like, I mean, maybe statistically it may fall kind of somewhat in line, but when you take other franchises as an example, like, again, we've said this in the past, you can't add Marvel and Star Wars, it's apples and oranges, but these big events that culminate into something like uh, even Harry Potter, for example, the films exponentially got more and more fans and took on more and more money as they grew and ended this their franchises you know so from that perspective you would think even from uh financial backers right like look we're going to start here and it's going to grow we might see a a bit of a sag in the in the middle maybe but this 40-year franchise you would think that the last film would be the the big bang the big money-making event but uh this time around doesn't look like that is the case. Well, like like Rise of Skywalker is right now at a fifty one percent drop from Force Awakens. Fifty one. That is by far double digit percent, the biggest drop of of any movie. And it's of course it's not done, but it's it's going to be like forty eight percent drop from, uh, you know, from Force Awakens. That's it's it's going to be the biggest percent drop from one movie to the next. Or like, the problem, the problem is not Rise of Skywalker. The problem is the overperformance of the Force Awakens. It's 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 unfair to judge it that way. That's like yeah, going going like forward and saying the next. But, but, the but next, again, like Last Jedi performed right in line with the other with the other trilogies. Percentage wise, it it's right there. It's it's right in the mix. Like this is the this is a. Uh, unprecedented drop like the best analogy i can come up with is like you have a a kid who routinely brings home like straight a report cards and then in their final semester they come home and it's like okay it's a good report card but it's mostly like there's a couple a minuses and a bunch of b's you'll still go like that's a good report card it's it's solid but there's there's a marked difference between your previous like what happened like yeah, shit, shit got shit got real. Was it? Was, yeah, <laughs> shit got hard. And, you know, it could be. You know, it could be a, a variety of things. It could have just been a personally a, a tough semester for the kid. Teachers could have been tougher. Or the material could have been tougher. Whatever. But as a concerned parent, you would say, "Okay, you did well, but not as well as as we're kind of used to use doing." Like what happened? And that's that's all we're doing here. Like that's a, at least that's all I'm doing. Like to me, like this drop. And okay, let's. Here's an, an, another moment of honesty here. If I had asked you guys a year ago, I'll, I'll give you a list of movies. A year ago, 
which which movie uh, on this list is going to gross be the the biggest grosser? Captain Marvel, Frozen Two, Lion King, Far From Home, Rise of Skywalker. Not not a nobody, nobody, not you guys, nobody listening would have said anything other than Rise of Skywalker. And I, I, would, I would have maybe placed money on Lion King. Oh, I don't think you would have, dude. You're you're Chinese market too. No, there's it's no tough. way. There's no way. Nobody, no, nobody listening to this would have said anything other than Rise of Skywalker. No way. This is one thing I've learned about uh, about movies over the last couple of years, and I'd like to uh, I'd like to thank the guys at the Nerd Room for for making it fun to check these things out. Um, the Chinese market is so important. It's important for sure. And uh, Rogue One showed that. Star Wars doesn't perform well in Chinese markets. Nope, Star Wars never has. Like it's, and it, if and if it did, uh, there'd be no question as to the the the, the value of the, of this of this. Well, no, there is already no question of the value of this franchise. What I'm trying to say is, the chi- we don't even need the Chinese market to show that value. If you would have told me last year. Is the Rise of Skywalker going to make a billion dollars in its first month? I would say, yeah, of course. And 100%. guess what? Yeah, of course it did. So, other than that, I don't have any other expectations for Endgame to make almost three billion. That was an anomaly. For the Force Awakens to 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 make over two billion, it's an anomaly. They're outliers for sure. Like, there's been what five movies ever that's that have gone over two billion, maybe four. And 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 uh, Star Wars did it without China. Yeah, but also we're we're comparing Star Wars to Star Wars here, which is never no no no. I I, I understand that, but what all all I'm saying is that the, um, when you compare what movies are making. When you look at Frozen 2 and you look at, at The Lion King and all these things, these things overperform because they do well in the Chinese market. They do. Yeah, no question. But again, like now, now it's hard to not know this information now because it's it's seeped into our brain. But right now, Rise of Skywalker is the ninth highest growing grossing movie of 2019. Yeah. Oh, Zero. This year was a sick year. Zero people would have had it at ninth in the year as a total no, gross. Zero. I think everybody would have had a top three. I think top three, everybody would have had it in top three. For like, sure. Like, uh, talking about the, our, our pals at the Nerd Room, Tim took Rise of Skywalker second in in their last last year uh, their their uh, box office pool. You know, and that, again, that's just that's one anecdotal example, but I think it was a foregone conclusion that. I think the expectation was that it was going to do a little better than it has. Like, I think people expected it to at least beat out The Last Jedi. Last Jedi was what? The final number? 1.5? 1.3. Okay. And and Rogue One was below that? Yeah. Uh, 1.1. 1.1-ish. Yeah. It's tough to say. Um... Like well, what we what we can see from this is, uh, it's it's certainly if if we if we we don't have you know we don't I don't have like tickets figures sales but just looking at this trilogy 
interest declined is one, another way to look at it. And yeah, again, like, probably. TFA, yeah, and that's, that's like, that to me is a problem. If interest is declined over the course of this trilogy, which is supposed to be the ending of this gigantic saga, you've this, this pop culture phenomenon. Like yeah, that, but not only that, the, the ending of yet the catalyst of new beginnings, right? Yeah, but still, no. like, was the reinvigorate the fandom uh, for future films. Sure, but I mean, it still is the end of the Skywalker saga, and you would think that it would generate more interest among audiences to say, "I gotta, I gotta get out to see what the end of the Skywalker saga." And instead, can I just say one? Sorry, I I, I know I I just interrupted you, but it's it's. You just said, let's say the. The interest declined, maybe, right? Mm-hmm. So, so people saw the Last Jedi, and they didn't get what they wanted. So now, they they're uh, quote unquote air quote Doctor Evil boycotting the Rise of Skywalker. Uh, if if that's what happened, I'm cool with it. And guess who else is cool with it? Disney, they do not care. Lucasfilm does not care. This film is a success. It's uh, unquestionably, it's unquestionably a success. Yeah, just, no doubt they would have liked to make more, and probably projected more from the early onset. Like again, it's like any other franchise. You 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 want to start somewhere and watch the thing grow, and not only that, like this film had the potential to bring on the old fandom. Uh, and like gather a whole bunch of new fans too, you know, and just uh, bring in this whole new era of Star Wars kind of. And it did, don't get me wrong, but, you know, the numbers don't necessarily bolster that to a certain degree. And yeah, Corey, just to like like simplify what you you just said, like at some point when Lucasfilm and, and Disney are discussing, about you know the the big picture of this of this trilogy, there's no way Kathleen Kennedy got up in front of some executives and said, "Here's where we, our projections start." And look, everybody, as we go down, isn't this great? <laughs> we look at this. And this is this is, guys. You're gonna love. You're gonna love what happens next. We're gonna take a step back, but that's okay because you know all the Star Wars second chapters do that. But then the third one is gonna take another step down. Isn't that cool, guys? And I think people would be like, well, shouldn't interest grow? And I, I, that's, I think that's where we're at. And again, I, I don't, I, I, I feel like I should stop every two minutes and say, there's no panic bells to, to, to ring here. Nobody's panicking. I'm certainly not. Like for me, like it's, it's, it's simple. Like I, I don't really care how much money it makes. I just want it to make enough so that Disney and Lucasfilm, that they're happy, so they continue, they continue making. Yes, yeah. exactly. They continue. In not just making because they'll make anyway, but investing the at the level that we demand that they do. Like if they start saying like if, if a Star Wars movie is now going to start being produced at like eighty million dollars instead of the two hundred million they put in, oh boy, like it that, that could get tough. That could be we might have to get some oh, rough movies. What's Indie that, Corey? Star Wars. Indie Star Wars film, right? I mean. Maybe that. Maybe that. I, could be I cool. look at it this way: since 2015, there have been five Star Wars movies, five that have made over five billion dollars. Mm-hmm. 
their output or uh, the, their investment on that five billion was probably a billion if you count all the production and the marketing. Yeah, in that neighborhood somewhere. I would take that return. The company for four. I, yeah. I would take that return every day of the week, and so would Lucasfilm, and so would Disney. So the, I think I'm not saying it's a moot point because I mean we're having an interesting conversation about it, but I don't think we need to look too deeply into it and 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 analyze the health of Lucasfilm and the health of Star Wars based on the uh, based on the box office of the, this latest film. Like compared to the film before the the. the uh, the perform. I mean, you can't slag that performance. There's no, especially over the holidays. I, 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 like I said, I think the Force Awakens really disrupted and and changed uh, people's perception of what a movie can make over the holidays. And I think if you get to that billion that well, billion dollar mark, you're a winner in my mind. Def- you're definitely a winner. For sure, but I, Titanic and Avatar both were holiday movies when they came out, respectively, in what ninety seven and two thousand nine. China. China is the is the is the huge. Well, China, China takes you from you know two billion to three. Yeah, and it takes you from one to one point five. Yeah, it can it can, definitely it can do that. But again, like Star Wars has always been as a big zero with China. Yeah, it's actually declined in China. Like TF, I, I don't know what what uh, TFA made in China, but it was like fifty million or something in that neighborhood. And then the Last Jedi did like twelve, and Rise of Skywalker just like fizzled, almost nothing in China. Like audiences in China just don't care, and they they really never did. It's like China doesn't really factor into. Star Wars success one way or the other, which is fine. I'm sure Disney would like to like it to be different, but that, I think that's kind of what makes it easy to compare Star Wars to Star Wars is that China's never really been a factor. Um, yeah, no, but 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 I'm, but I'm saying in, in comparison to the holiday uh, takings of of Titanic and and uh, and Avatar, like Avatar made. What was it like? Thirty percent of its gross came from China itself. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, but it, it was huge. It was huge. Yeah, I'm sure it was huge. And uh, Titanic. I mean, other than I, I mean, I know of personally at least four desperate women who saw Titanic at least twelve times each. <laughs> it sounded like that when loser it, you talked about at the beginning who saw Phantom yeah. Menace like nineteen times. Well, you know what? Everybody has a rough patch in their life. Uh, <laughs> he was single that summer, so you know. And so, if if I if I know of four, I think that could be multiplied over and over uh, with people who, who who watched it probably every week for its whole run. Well, that's um, another thing. Too, like when you say the rewatchability of something, too. Like, never let go, Corey. Never let go. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. I can't. I'm frozen in place. <laughs> yeah, they could have both floated there. <laughs> I mean, we're still talking about that. 
hilarious. Anyway, like you know, like when you talk about money and stuff like that, the the rewatchability of this in theaters for me is at an all time high. And you know, uh, well, that's that's, that's kind of what I mean. Like that's. Like that, if other people, that's it. If other people felt like that, then it should resonate within the numbers. Yes, exactly. But it's not. And then maybe on mass people have shifting priorities. I don't know. It seems unlikely, but who knows? Like I, I, I keep going back to this, but like the, the whole nostalgia of it all, right? Like people came back in 2015 in huge numbers in a big way for the nostalgia. Like, that two billion debut was just sick, but then is it a coincidence that that as Han, Luke, and Leia at the end, each of them kind of bumped out and like uh, the past dying, so to speak? You know, like is is that is there something to that? Like the nostalgia of it was being taken away, and so people were like, eh. No more Han. I'm, I've I've lost some interest. Well, no more Luke and Han. I really lost interest. Like that's okay, and, and that's fine. Okay, go if if you're only here for the for only if your only reason to be in Star Wars is for one thing, go. Go away. <laughs> and I I don't mean that in in a gatekeeping way, but it's if you're gonna like. To me, you're holding the creators hostage. Like, if you only want Star Wars to be about the thing that you liked as a seven-year-old, I'm sorry. Like, you're you're not being fair. But again, like, uh, look look over to the Mando. We we don't know how much revenue that particular show makes, but what are the things that people get excited about? The Witcher made more. (laughs) Who knows? We don't. We're not never going to get that info from streaming services, but. Like the thing that people talk about with the Mandalorian is, oh, the the OT look and feel, uh, the Easter eggs, revisiting Tatooine drew a huge response, and so uh, no no coincidence that nostalgia has been a huge driver of of Mando's success. You know, would, would this would it would the would this show have the same sort of luster if if it was set five hundred years in the future and it was a bounty hunter from a new alien species? No. It wouldn't. There's no way. We'd still be talking about it. We'd probably still love it, but people wouldn't be freaking out about it the way they have been. Just because it it wouldn't have those those same links, those same nostalgic feels, right? I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know if this was inevitable or if I I personally feel like the final film of this saga should have done a little better than it has. Um. Again, like. 1.1 billion which is probably where it's going to end is it's a big number any anybody should be thrilled with that i think but i think given this movie and what it what it should what it could have done i don't think it's nuts to suggest that it can simultaneously be a hit yet fall a bit short that's just my that's my take and i don't again i'm not thinking that there's that there's a whole lot of panic going on but uh, just you know, to, to end this conversation, what, like, what, what could this, do you think this might say anything about future Star Wars movies? Like, where's the bar for a Star Wars movie that we don't know anything about now? What do you think, Corey? I think, I think it kind of like, 
makes them reevaluate things, how they're going to approach things. It's a bit of a, a difficult task. You know, they, I'm sure they feel the pressure of making this, this franchise franchise, not want to dissipate. They want it to flourish. So they're trying to figure out a formula maybe, and maybe they'll step back. Like we were saying a bit before with, uh, Taiko Watiti's approach, you're saying let directors and writers take a little more creative freedoms and not be so regimented to these schedules and plans and whatnot. And just, I don't know, it could, uh, it could mean for new and different projects anyhow. And I like what you had said earlier about the spawning pool of, uh, on the streaming service. Like that, that's an interesting point, but, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah, I mean, it's it's difficult to say where Star Wars goes in terms of box office from this point. But I, I think it's, you know... They're definitely going to want to build something again. That's for sure. Well, yeah, like, they have to. That's It's going to have to build itself back up. So I think Star Wars is, from a dollars at the gate standpoint, poised for a dip. And maybe a big one. And that will, of course, generate talk of, oh, Star Wars is dead. But I... It, I think if, we got to get used to that idea now. Unless they do something remarkable with the marketing to get casual audiences amped up again. Like, I, I don't think Star Wars is a lock for a billion dollars in 2022. It might be, depending Rogue on what one we made see. How much? Rogue One made a billion worldwide. Like 1.1. Perfect. I think, I think that's what they need to shoot for. They say, okay, if these films can make a billion, we're good. Oh, God, you'd be, I think you'd be laughing if you could... But like nobody's gonna have any connection to these characters, so you're only going because it's Star Wars. Exactly. And, and as and as we've seen in the last two years with with Solo, and a little bit with Rise of Skywalker, even though it has crossed a billion, it's it's limping there. People aren't necessarily going to go just because it's Star Wars. Solo emphatically proved that. Yep, that's true. So I mean, it's. I it, think what part of it too, like the, the Force Awakens. I've always said this that the weight between films has always added to the gravitas. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's a big part of it with these films, and I don't know, man. Like, uh, they 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 do have a task ahead of them, and they got to kind of decide what their expectations are moving forward. Do, do they need each film to be the super mega blockbuster? Yes. Or are they, they okay? They do. They do. That's uh, that's why they've. That's why we had this. They'll never say it, but that's why we they scrapped all the standalones after Solo. Because it it, co- it just it caused too much discord. They need they they need so Star they, Wars oh, they, to be huge. There's this big discord around Star Wars right now, and I feel like. That black cloud has kind of tainted the general fans' view of the franchise from a certain point of view, you know? Like, I think that affects the numbers as well. The way that a lot of people are just little pissants about it. Kind of just like, you know what? Meh. Well, a lot of the casual people, I've fans that I've spoken with, they've been like, oh, yeah, you know, after episode eight, I'm out. Like... Star Wars doesn't feel like Star Wars to me anymore. And I'm like, okay, well, fine. That's great. Um, I, I, you know, with Rise of Skywalker, I, again, I don't know what happened, but I did see a lot of people say that you know, because of certain story choices, they saw the movie once, they're not seeing it again. 
so repeat watchings, I got to imagine were down for for a significant chunk of of fans. So to be honest, it's a tough sell. Like it was for me, the whole meat puppet Palpatine thing. <laughs> I don't know. But seeing it again the second time was probably the, one of the best decisions I've ever made. Yeah, it, it's a, it, it's for me. It was a movie that got better with, on, on each viewing. But anyway, like again, there's no panic bells to to ring here. Like Star Wars is a big hit. It's Disney has made its money back off Lucasfilm. A movie's box office is only one sort of revenue stream when it comes to a movie. Like there's the licensing, which is a million different things. So Rise of Skywalker has done more than generate just one billion dollars. It's done a lot more than that. So you you got to take that into account as well. But the future of Star Wars largely, well, not largely, but it, to a significant degree, the future of Star Wars, when viewed through what Rise of Skywalker performed, I think is is uh, not murky or not questionable, but it's not. Uh, it's it, it, it's it, again we talked about it last week. It's not bulletproof. So like Corey, you mentioned it. Like they they have work to do. You know they've they've got they've, there's a reset button that they need to press and they need to sort of sweep up this this 42 year saga and put fandom onto a new path and get people truly excited about Star Wars again. And then and it's first, gonna, and it's going to have to build, build up from there. Video games. Like you know, like with this whole the rumors we've been hearing about this possibly this new film franchise, like. Uh, starting from a video game and bleeding into other uh, media arts like books and comics and stuff. Like, I don't think you're going to build the hype. You know what I mean? Like, the way you're going to build the hype is to hire people like Taika Waititi to build these stories, and you get other character, uh, other big name directors and actors involved yeah. to get. That's care. a great point. That's a great point. Like, yeah, without having the, the, the name recognition of a Luke Skywalker, or Darth Vader, etc., you might have to bring some big names to be a part of the project. Yeah. But the big names, like from a directing and an acting standpoint. Mm -hmm. Which will, will, that'll be interesting in the, in the next, what, I don't know, several months to year or so when we get casting news and, and things start to fall into place. That'll be really interesting because like every Star Wars trilogy has been led by unknowns, but supported by big names. And I wonder if they, if they RPK. stick to that formula, <laughs> you never know that you never know. Anyway, uh, I feel like at this point we've kind of beaten the, beaten this topic up enough. Uh, I think it's a good place to end it, but uh, it, it was an interesting discussion, I think, because I think a lot of people are eager to just sort of hand wave it all away and say, no, nothing to see here. There's no problems. It's, it's everything is hunky dory and nobody anywhere in the world, especially at Disney is raising any eyebrows, which I think is false. I think somebody's asking some questions. Nobody is, uh, I don't think anybody's panicking. I don't think anybody's getting fired over this, but I think there might be some questions being asked. Uh, so that's it. That is episode. I'll, I'll say it, Corey, for you. Episode 210. 210. It's done. We're done for this week. Um, if you guys want to be a part of the podcast, 
You can send your questions to tumblingsaber at gmail.com. Um, if you want to help us out, there's a bunch of ways you can do that. Uh, you can be a hero, a powerful friend, like Rural Farm Boy, like Steve last week. Become a powerful friend on Patreon at patreon.com slash tumblingsaber. Keep the momentum going. We f- maybe finally have some traction here. Uh, it'd be great to see that uh, that po- group of powerful friends grow a little bit more. So check it out there. See what we have to offer. And if you like what you see, you got a couple of tiers to choose from. Uh, otherwise, share this podcast like crazy. Share it with your friends. Share it with anybody who you think might need more Star Wars in their life. And we would love that if you did that for us. Otherwise, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It's been a, it's been a good long while since we've read a review on the show. So if you want to hop over there after listening to this and leave us a review, we'll read it on next week's pod or whenever I get around to uh, checking those reviews. Uh, Let's give a shout out to Rob Wade for endorsing this episode and all episodes of Tumbling Saber as part of the E14 endorsed program, which you can learn more about at Emotionally14.com. So go check that out. Tell them that the Tumbling Saber guy sent you. And also be sure to check out our good pals, our partners, our podcasting brethren at the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Everybody's, you know, we've got eight great podcasts. Everybody's doing stellar work. And you owe it to yourself as a Star Wars fan, as a podcast fan, to check out what they're doing. So you can find our home base on the web at StarWarsCommonwealth.com or on iTunes as a podcast provider. So guys, with all that out of the way, let's tell everybody where you can be found on social media. Carlos, over to you. You can find me at the funny Carlos on Twitter and Instagram or at C Candido music and Carlos Candido music for everything else. And Corey guys, let me tell you first and foremost, Carlos is just kind of funny. <laughs> and you can reach me at chopper rules with the Z on the Twitter machine. And, uh, as Kyle's going to tell you, you can join us in our closed cozy and comfy Facebook group. Absolutely. Come check it out there. We are having a lot of fun over in that group. It's quite quite the active group, even though we're moving out of the shadow of the Skywalker saga. There's still lots to talk about, lots of fun to be had. No shenanigans like you find out there in that hellhole bird app. So come check it out, and uh, we'll, we'll be glad to have you there. Otherwise, uh, we're just going to say thank you for listening to this podcast. Thanks for giving us your ears, and we'll talk to you again next week in another episode. So have yourselves a great week, and may the Force be with you. Static draws me closer to your place Willing me through my dreams fall away Signs blindly to the lines on your face Beating strong Drifting, and I relive this dream over and over and over again. Please don't leave my heart broken, bleeding. Don't believe it. Up, sweating, not 
breathing If only to see you next to me Sleeping Soundly Smiling Not really And you wrote 